Hello and welcome to Building Insights, brought to you in association with Samsung Climate Solutions, who are committed to offering energy efficient solutions, including innovative cooling, heating, domestic hot water, refrigeration and smart things connectivity. Welcome to Building Insights, brought to you in association with Samsung Climate Solutions. I'm James Parker, editor of House Builder and Developer magazine. We have discussed heat pumps from different angles in a couple of recent podcasts with Samsung. However, today is a slightly different take on this crucial subject. Fewer than 1% of the UK's plumbers are female, which is a fairly shocking statistic in 2023. However, we are delighted to be joined by a woman who now works as business development manager at Samsung who cut her teeth as a plumber. Having started as an apprentice, Amy Holleran is now a driving force, increasing apprenticeships to accelerate low carbon heat installations, but also increasing diversity, in particular, trying to increase the numbers of women in the sector. The government still wants to install 600,000 heat pumps per year to meet our UK targets. And this will only happen if we bring more installers into the industry. Today, we get to hear from Amy about how Samsung is making this agenda a reality and about her really inspiring career progression so far. Hi there, Amy. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, James. Great to be here. So first off, how did you become a plumber? And am I right? That was at Swindon College that you started. Yeah, so I um, I started studying at Swindon College, which is now New College. So they've merged and changed names. Basically, I've always been quite hands-on as a child. My dad had his own window business. So at weekends, I'd be out helping him uh, fit his windows. I also would be on his motorbikes uh, tinkering in the garage. So I was always quite mechanically minded and quite hands-on. And I started off by doing my first year of A-levels, which didn't quite suit how I liked to learn which was hands-on my mum who actually works at new college said to me um there's some apprenticeship schemes for plumbing there's a shortage of plumbers at the moment and I think it would be great experience for you to go for the interview and she kind of lined it up that you won't get the job because there's 13 other boys that are going who have already done their first year's apprenticeships And I went and put my all into it and I got the opportunity uh, to work with Integral to to study my plumbing apprenticeship, which was brilliant. Um, And then they gave me the opportunity to move into air conditioning. So I uh, started my air conditioning apprenticeship. It kind of just suited me. I got paid. I I learned. I went to college one day a week. Were you aware that plumbing was a lucrative business that you fancy getting into even at that age? Yeah, I think there there was all these plumbers are earning good money. there's never going to be a day that we don't need plumbers in today's world. So I kind of thought it'd be good to get get into it. I was kind of shocked I got the job in all honesty. What was good about Integral as well is they had carpenters, uh, builders, electricians. So I got quite a good rounded apprenticeship and I would spend time with all the different trades as well. And then we had the air conditioning side as well. So when I got the chance to move into air conditioning it um 
I would say it's a little bit more technical than plumbing. It was great. And then mum pushed me to enter BBC Young Plumber of the Year. And I ended up winning the competition in 2010. You were a, a bit of an anomaly that stood out. Yeah, there was another lady there, actually. And, but the, yeah, the final four was made of three men and, and me. So. so that was a big deal. I would say it's the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done. There was two judges. One of them was Charlie Mullins from Pimlico Pummers. We had to intricately solder a, a maze of pipes on a whiteboard with no burn mat. We, there was like a fault-finding challenge as well where they had bathrooms made up. Um, there was a, a green room that we got put into with about six cameras pointing at us, firing quick questions, which was intense. We had to build a fountain at the end for the finals. So what happened after that? Why did you join Samsung? So I spent my time on the tools. And to be honest, it was very heavy, hard, uh, dirty work in all honesty. I spent most of my life in plant rooms, uh, on Stilsons. And then the job came up in sales. And I think because I had the, the dual side with the air conditioning, I had more of a focus on the low carbon heating side, which become a passion for me. And it kind of that crossover gave me the technical understanding of the products to be able to then go and sell um, to installers uh, and give them the, the confidence in the product as well. For me, uh, a heat pump isn't just a box sale like like a, bo- a traditional boiler would be. It's a system solution. So it's about all the components in the system that go on to that and having that technical background to be able to pass on to installers. Is great. And to even say to them when a heat pump isn't the right case, to give that honest uh, opinion is something that I would always try and do. So, yeah, I moved to Samsung back in um, January. So I I spent my time with two other manufacturers. Uh, I actually went back on the tools for six months after my last manufacturer. I uh, helped my husband with his construction business. Having an apprenticeship and a trade behind you is something you can always fall back on to. You can change direction, but it's there as a sort of fallback. It's something yeah. that I've, I've always got with me. It was after COVID, so it, I think there was a, a boom in the sector where people were spending money doing home offices and home renovations. Mm. Prices were going up. Um, yeah. Some tractors were super busy. So it was it was really difficult to, to, to manage, in all honesty. And we kind of decided to switch roles. So I'd had time off with the kids and then... My husband's had the last sort of nine, 10 months off spending that time with the kids as well, which I think is is great for him to experience. Samsung was a brand that always appealed to me. Um, I've got some colleagues that I've worked with in the past, so it kind of felt familiar. The brand and the culture really appealed to me. I think they've won Forbes' number one place to work. It's a growing team and the, the, the people are brilliant. The facilities are brilliant, and we've we've got um, we've got a connected living space, Smart Things London, and it's it's a great tool to use for customers. But I I love tech and everything to do with connectivity. I came out of there thinking I was an absolute dinosaur with with technology and how connected a, a house can be now. I use it all the time. I think I've done um, twenty two tours already this year. I've really been using that facility especially with developers and house builders as well because it just gives them the potential of how a property can be connected smart things connects an ecosystem within a house and i think we're so set over here on time and temperature control like our heating comes on in the morning then goes off when we go to work and then it comes on in the evening then goes off but with smart things you can set up scenes and routines so you can base it on outside weather in your geolocation 
So yeah. it's kind of that next level of connectivity. And I, I think it's not just about that heat pump box. Heat pumps have got to a great place now and the technology has developed so much over the last decade. There's going to be a point where the same way we are with condensing boilers, we can't go much further. And it's about the other things that we can do with connectivity and looking at when we link it with solar PV and battery and how they talk and intelligently work together, that will be the next step, I think. In terms of the big challenges, what is your involvement now in in apprenticeships? Yeah, so we've definitely got some challenges with skills shortages, um, but I'm excited to obviously be trying to work with helping upskill the next generation. So I'm working with my old college at the moment, so new college, um, basically trying to help upskill the lecturers. Ben at the college um, was saying how his daughter wanted to do an electrical apprenticeship, but she was put off with the fact she was the only female there. So we've talked about um, doing these female-only days to come and experience uh, trades, and not just plumbing, but electrical. And um, the, the, the college is now an institute of technology, so they offer a broad range of courses. We've also talked about working with um, a local women's aid charity to try and offer, again, some skills at different trades. So, yeah, um, that's something I'm really passionate about. We're also working with uh, Leah Robson at uh, Your Energy Your Way. So we've got a mentoring scheme with them. Um, We're trying to, I suppose, do things slightly differently, but trying to empower women to give them the confidence that they can take up skills uh, within that sector. How are Samsung ensuring that there is a network of approved installers to fulfil the demand? And are manufacturers working together on this? I think from a Samsung perspective, anyone that passes our training course and registers a product can then access the seven-year warranty on the product. So um, the training covers all areas from hydraulics to commissioning to wiring. So yeah, it kind of gives the installer the the knowledge they need to enable them to to install that product. Um, I'm then working with the MCS database um, to make sure that they're trained and familiar and happy with again not just the product but the system there's other organizations out there as well that basically offer a hand-holding service for plumbing and heating installers but don't quite have the confidence with regards to the paperwork and the pre-sales side of it so there's a lot of paperwork involved and these companies take that on board help upskill them and then offer a commissioning service those types of schemes I think are really important to support as well because they're supporting the the installer network to upskill them so, so we can deliver that 600,000 heat pump number. So here's the big one. Um, do you think that working to attract more apprentices, particularly including women, is the only way to fulfill the heat pump demand and meet the future home standard, which potentially might come in in 2025? 100%. So I think it's really important that we need to encourage a wider cohort of people into the industry. I think when I started out, there was a shortage of plumbers, and I feel that we're at that stage now with the low-carbon heating sector. Um, so the government bringing in the announcement of the low-carbon heating apprenticeship is is, a, is great news to try and obviously um, fulfil that number. And I think given that women currently only make up about three percent of the heating industry there's obviously lots of potential to bring in lots more people and also not just women but 
people of different ages and backgrounds. I know when I was serving my apprenticeship, the military were very good into um, upskilling people looking to take up construction skills. So I think it's important to look at all different diversities and backgrounds of people. Our sector's quite segmented at the moment with plumbing, refrigeration, electrical. And with heat pumps, it kind of ties in all three. Upskilling and having that blended learning and understanding of the three different areas, I think, is is great for heat for heat pumps. Predominantly in our market, uh, our market is monoblock. So the unit's hermetically sealed. The refrigeration circuit is hermetically sealed outside. So you don't need a refrigeration ticket um, to fit the unit. But service and maintenance moving forward, if if a compressor goes, then you need you need ref gas. So I was fortunate enough to do both sides. Are plumbers generally getting on board when it comes to heat pumps? I think a lot are getting on board now. Um, the combi market, it's allowed the industry to, I think, be very flexible. So if you look at, if you stick a combi in, a 35 kilowatt combi, it more than covers the heating demand of a property. And then when you actually start calculating the heat load of that property, it's a, a hell of a lot smaller. So it more than covers the heat loss. And that's why with a heat pump, I would say most common in a new build, it's a five or an eight kilowatt when you're saying to an installer, well, we only need five to eight kilowatts, it's like, well, I'd, I'd be fitting a 35 kilowatt combi for water flow rate. It's changing that mindset. Mm. And when, when you explain it, 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 it makes sense. So um, the other thing I think that's really important to note is looking at a life cycle of an installer. I think when you start out and you're, you're younger, you do installation. So you do all the heavy lifting, you do the real hard work. And then as you start to move through your career and get a bit older, which I, I use my dad as an example, he fitted windows for years and now he's sort of coming up to retirement. He's doing service and maintenance work. And we kind of aren't at that point yet with, with the heat pump sector. So it's not just about getting the installers in board, but also the service and maintenance engineers so that we've got that um, bank of engineers to, to maintain and service heat pumps moving forward. It's about training that broad spectrum of installer with most manufacturers to keep the warranty up together you need to have it serviced annually so there's some really cool tech around there at the moment as well that so we've got something called ehs cloud where you can remotely dial into the unit and carry out some of the service parameters remotely there is definitely a gap in the service and maintenance sector at the moment so it kind of um, speeds up the time on site and makes the engineer more efficient what what are the complaints about heat pumps so far then? Is there just general customer scepticism that's holding us back slightly? And how, how do you change their minds? Or is it more in, installer? From speaking to some consumers, some are worried about performance in colder temperatures, uh, noise potentially. I think we've had a lot of misreporting in the media recently, which probably hasn't helped spread in incorrect information about heat pumps. So... For me, it's really important to educate consumers about how to operate their heat pump system, how to get the best out of it, and then obviously helping uh, developers transition into that as well. There are issues about, you know, maybe managing expectations on efficiency in colder temperatures, etc. So yeah. part of the MCS standards, if obviously we size heat pumps to regions and making sure that the heat pump covers 100% of the heat demand. So 
doing that pre-sales aspect of sizing the heat pump is really important to make sure that we are covering the heat pump from a design perspective and then in educating the consumer on how to operate it so obviously when a heat pump first uh, switches on if you're heating up a cold room you've got to heat the fabric up first uh, and then it heats the room temperature up so rather than having it coming on and off it's better ticking over uh, having a setback and it's, I always use the analogy of a car if you're on a motorway and you put your foot down your MPG drops and it, it's exactly the same with a heat pump we need to look at the emitters so whether it's underfloor heating or radiators we need to size the system especially in new build to so the lower the flow temperature the more efficient the system is so we have an oversized factor to bear in mind with um, radiators and with underfloor heating our centers are normally closer together but that would all be calculated, running it efficiently, uh, not having it coming on and off all the time. Obviously, leaving it running is better for the fabric and for heat pumps are great just ticking over and maintaining your comfort level. And I'm a big advocate of now moving away from, say, in central heating and talking about climate control within a property because it should be a, a – we're heating up as a planet now. So we need to look at not just heating but cooling as well. It's just education and giving people confidence, I think, in the products. What do house builders need to do for heat pumps to become standard across all developments? Obviously, with the future home standard, this will rule out fossil fuel boilers, including other measures aiming for a reduction in carbon of 75 to 80%. But I think... What they need to do is look at it in bite-sized chunks. It's not just looking at the heat pump, but looking at a whole house approach. So looking at insulation, windows, PV, battery, but also how the PV and battery can link into the heat pump and work intelligently. And there's other things that we can um, we can look at now that we are intelligently, smartly controlling our systems. Um, and it's about upskilling house builders um, and all the areas and aspects of the house builders so the SAP assessors the contract managers the site managers all areas so that where we are with boilers now we are with heat pumps there's several uh, manufacturers on smart things now for pv with the samsung heat pumps you can uh, directly connect your pv uh, into our controller and you can do things like overcharge your hot water cylinder when there's excess pv demand so uh, it's intelligently using that PV system. It is super cool. And at the yeah. time I've been in heat pumps, it's changed so much. And I spend a lot of time on the app. I am a nerd when it comes to tech. It, there's just so much cool stuff that uh, is out there and that my eyes have been open to. I think that the thing with smart things is you don't have to think about it. And that's what we want is systems working behind the scenes. We don't want to mm. be manually switching heating on and off and changing certain parameters we want the system working seamlessly in the background without us knowing and so there's a new part of smart things which is called smart things energy so um, right. there's something called ai energy mode so it optimizes um energy use where it can and, and try and save you money which is obviously going to continue being driver number one for so many people as long as the installer has educated the consumer on how to get the best efficiency out of their heat pump so looking at when they time their hot water it's about 
educating the end user on when to time certain things or if they have commissioned and set the unit up in a certain way why that's been done in that way aside from all the myths that you often hear and you're you're personally i no doubt confronted with about women finding plumbing too hard too difficult and you're not strong enough what what would you say is the actual benefit to being a woman in this industry raising awareness and advocating for others if and how can we help to attract more women to enter the profession in future so i think a big thing for me is about supporting women if they do go off with children and that is something that samsung have done wholeheartedly with me during my first interview with samsung teams my daughter ran in on my interview which i was absolutely mortified about because my father-in-law was supposed to be watching them I didn't feel like I had to hide it. It was just natural. And I think it's also as well about having transparent conversations with people in the workplace. Like I know some of my male colleagues, they're very open about, oh, I've got to go and get the kids today. And I think that's one thing that I think Samsung are very supportive with is about uh, work-life balance. And I think that is really important when you're encouraging females into your sector and your industry is about making sure they feel comfortable that they've got that work-life family balance right. The more I can do to empower women and give them the confidence and the ambition, I think it will help grow this industry um, massively. My parents used to say to me that I was a tomboy, which now I I wouldn't use that phrase because I don't think we should categorise trades or activities or things for boys or girls but I had a very supportive family and my dad did everything with me I wanted to do and that traditionally he probably would have done with a son and that has always given me the confidence and I've always been quite strong I love CrossFit and uh, I I would sometimes be asked oh are you strong enough to lift a boiler on the wall and um, I'd just answer yes (laughs) you can train and learn strength like you can anything else and sometimes it's not just about strength it's about technique it's about leverage knowing how to heat fitting up how to apply your body weight so um you can do whatever you want to do as long as you're given the opportunity so I was slightly unique at college with regards to the fact I was doing commercial industrial so I was on Stilson's every day and it soon built my strength up so when it actually came to doing the iron section of my apprenticeship over the copper that I was showing the boys how to use the Stilsons and because they were using um, sort of small spanners on 15, 22 mil copper. And it was all about the technique that David taught me when, when we were on the tools. So, and I'd sometimes as well be called out to jobs because my hands were smaller or it was a smaller space that I needed to get into. And one of the guys couldn't get in there. So I think there's, there's, there's pros and cons to to both sides. What do the men in the profession need to do in order to make it a more welcoming environment? Do we have a problem with sexism? I think it's got, getting a lot better. And I think just giving women the opportunity to be able to, to, to do the job. So Leah's from Your Energy Your Way. So that's the company that we're, we're doing the mentoring scheme with. So very good at looking at apprentices and um, I think she's a, a, a 50-50 split within our company now of female and male engineers. So it's brilliant and it proves that it can um, can be done. And I mean, the overall numbers are pretty terrible in terms of female representation, but we might in a few years be at the point where we don't even talk about 
you know, women. We're maybe we're talking about people from different backgrounds. Which is why I'm doing what I'm trying to do with the college and I'm going to yeah. do some bits with the local secondary schools as well to try and drive the year 10 and 11 experience days so that I've spoke to Leah as well about getting other female tradespeople there as well, just to have, I suppose, other role models that um, women can look upon to give them the confidence. So I'm really glad that you were able to give us a flavour of what you're doing at Samsung and to help meet the demand. So thanks so much, Amy, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, James. Thanks, James.